0: Inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. Hello, you are listening to Well Creative, the podcast that puts wellness into creatives. Every episode, we talk to you, our listeners, and to a special guest as we delve into an industry and lifestyle that truly needs some wellness sprinkled onto it. Hello, my wonderful, well-creative listeners, and welcome to another episode of Well Creative. So today, it may sound a little bit different because I'm not in my usual venue for recording. I'm actually in Belsize Park, at PhysioEd medical and i'm in a treatment room with nikki franklin welcome nikki now nikki is our clinical standards supervisor here at physio ed medical and she's also a physio which you may have met i'm sure some of you will have met her i've known her for a long time hello welcome Hi. it's so nice to have you thank to you me. and obviously the podcast is associated with you guys and you're a big supporter of the podcast so it's so nice to actually chat to you yeah i wanted to just sort of get you on here because I'm such a huge fan of everything physical Mm -hmm. and I've mentioned this a lot and people who follow me on Instagram etc kind of know that that's my passion as well as the mental side of yoga but I really wanted to talk to people about the benefits of looking after themselves physically Mm -hmm. so can you just sort of Tell people a little bit about you and who Air as a brand work for, because ev- most of the p- episodes I've said the go to physio for the entertainment <laughs> Thank industry. <you> very much. <laughs> um, but yeah, just in your own words, kind of.
1: Yeah, no worries. So I'm, I'm Nikki Franklin. I'm one of the physios here at our Belsize Village branch, but we also have a clinic on Harley Street as well, which is where I initially started working for the clinic. Uh, over 10 years ago now I'm afraid to say which is a long time but um so we specialize in looking after the performing arts sector we are private MSK physiotherapists so we specialize in musculoskeletal work but with a with a keen interest and speciality in the performing arts, so whether you 're a musician, actor, singer, dancer, or all of the above, we can we can cover your your needs and your physicality requirements for what you do for your workload mm. um, and I think anyone can benefit from the way we treat in clinics, so you don 't have to be a performer to come to us. But we try and work in a way that gets you back to your optimised level to do what you need to do. And that obviously suits the performing arts sector because keeping you fit and active and doing what you do keeps you in work.
0: Yeah, I mean, I remember. So I went to the Royal Academy of Music, um, I think about six years ago now. And I remember being referred to you guys because obviously you were just down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Harley Street. yeah. Yeah. And I assume you worked there then, right? yes I would, yeah, I, I would have been there six years i would have been there yeah i'm sure we probably met like yeah, way back stuck when. an elbow in you at some <laughs> point yeah well, my jaw was always the problem actually <laughs> i got kicked in the face when i was a kid that'll do it yeah i mean yeah well um but i got kicked in the face and um when i get stressed or when i get tense or anxious mm-hmm. my jaw tends to take over yeah, yeah and actually for quite a few years of treatment and of working on it i have kind of managed to to fix it and and manage it but that was all down to you guys so thank you so much for that um and I just remember always knowing that you were the go-to people Mm -hmm. and I would go into your clinic in Harley Street and sit and look at all the blue boxes anyone (laughs) that goes to physio ed you'll know exactly what I'm talking about all these blue (laughs) box files with all of the musicals on them all of the West End musicals all of the touring musicals now sit there and think I want to be in one of them. Maybe one day I'll be in one of
1: them. Well, I remember sitting on that sofa going for my first interview over 10 years ago to see if I could go on tour with um, a musical as their resident physio. And I remember sitting in that reception as well, looking at those
0: and being like, I want to work
1: with all of those. So I kind of get what you mean.
0: (laughs) So I think what we should move into really is the common issues that you see in performers and why performers do actually come to you. Because if you're in a West End show, if you're in touring production, you are normally quite lucky in the sense of you get the physio for free. They are able to come here and fix any issues for free. And and I mean, I came to you for a long time and had to pay for my treatment Mm -hmm. because I had a hip issue, Mm -hmm. which actually led me into yoga. Yeah. And that's how I found it. And I'm kind of, even though it was a horrible thing to go through and a lot of money was spent, I'm really grateful for that because otherwise I would never have found yeah, all of this. Even yeah. this podcast wouldn't probably be happening. Um, but what are the most common issues that you see in performers? I mean, I know you're obviously specialists in vocal yeah. physio. Yeah, definitely. So we, we do specialize in, in voice
1: physiotherapy and um, optimizing the way the larynx moves so that people can um, improve their vocal quality. Um, so voice stuff is obviously one of the things that we see a lot of. So we, you know, we look at the voice in terms of the larynx is a joint surrounded by muscles. Mm. And you guys exercise that set of muscles far more than most people do. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just a singer, you're exercising that area a lot. But if you're more musical theatre and you're leaping around stage, mm. moving set around, lifting dance partners up and using those muscles to sing or speak and project your voice as well... That's quite a heavy amount of load, eight shows a week, however many weeks of the year, and those muscles can get tight, the joint doesn't operate as you want it to, and that can have an impact on your voice. Yeah. So it's a large part of what we see in clinic on a day-to-day basis. Um the types of things that people might come in with um, is that they complain that they're feeling more vocally fatigued, they've lost some upper register, yeah. um, it's just a lot more effort than they used to when they're using their voice. And there's a lot that we can do to try and help that from a musculoskeletal sense. Yeah. On top of that, you then kind of split the performing injuries into two categories, I would say. You have your like repetitive strain stuff, yeah. the build-up. So if you've got someone doing a certain type of choreography, however many shows a week, however many shows um, in the year, it's the same moves every night yes. and little imbalances and stresses and strains build up. They don't start straight away. But, you know, you'll get to a point in the contract where people just start to break down a little bit. Yeah. But then on the other side, you've got your acute injuries. So Mm. something just happens. There's a moment on stage where there's a mistimed lift. Someone falls, sprains an ankle, kicks the leg, the hamstring goes. Yeah. It's So you've got your kind of repetitive strain, more chronic kind of build-up injuries. Yeah. And then you've got your acute, bam, something just happened. And we can deal with either in the
0: clinic. And everything you've just said, actually, there's so much that I could have just leapt in and spoken about. Because (laughs) with the vocal stuff, actually, there's a big difference between someone who isn't doing nine, eight shows a week, whatever that may be, Mm -hmm. and someone that is. And actually, kind of pros and cons to both. Definitely. Um, definitely. Because I remember before I was in a show, you know, I, um, I suddenly went into doing eight shows a week from... Doing a lot of PT, a lot of yoga, and a lot of fitness. Like mm-hmm. I got obsessed with getting strong, mm-hmm. and I suffered quite a lot from that, especially with my abdominals. Mm-hmm. Is I remember coming one time, and you guys did um, a scan on me. What are they called the the ultrasound? The scan ultrasound. To see what your abs were doing. Oh my god, they were going nuts. Yeah, I remember just kind of being like what the hell like they're doing so much and I think I mentioned it actually um in another podcast um, episode the yoga episode where you know my body couldn't tell the difference between releasing for vocal and engaging for physical exercise because obviously they're kind of the same thing but also not you have to be able to let them go as a singer
1: yeah yeah, and I think that's a big thing that we see particularly in the musical theatre crowd yeah. because of the physicality that's involved in your work sometimes the key thing that you guys struggle with the most is is the release part because mm-hmm. you're so ready for action ready to whip out a dance number and actually, you know, from an early age you've all been taught to kind of pull up and in and support and all those prompts that you would hear in a
0: dance class but aren't always the most friendly for like your voice support yeah and I mean actually not always that friendly for your emotional state either because I feel like um, something that I've been speaking about in a couple of my yoga for creatives classes recently has been about letting your abdominals go and as much as that is of course important as we've just said for the singing voice and for being able to sing it's important emotionally as well and maybe this isn't something that you come across as a physio but as actors that are listening to this in order to be receptive Mm -hmm. and to feel emotion you actually have to let go of that gut area Mm -hmm. and in society and I know that as a child I mean I grew up gripping my abs because I wanted to feel slim and I wanted to have that flat belly this aesthetic Mm -hmm. that was kind of shoved at us as the the norm and 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 the ideal and it's sort of ingrained in you to just keep that on
1: and pulled up and yeah yeah Yeah.
0: and so you know I I love exercise and I've always been a huge fan of it but I do think that has been a part of it for me and I'm I'm sure that other people listening can relate and in this industry as well I'm probably veering towards dancers here as well is the aesthetic is what you're kind of told to look like and, mm. um, and what you think you should look like. And yep. I do think that has a big impact as I well. I think so,
1: because I think what we can see a lot of in the clinic is if, especially just going back to the vocal stuff, if a, if a client comes in and their issue is related to you know certain muscles working too hard and not being able to let go in certain areas, what when you delve a little deeper about, okay, what's your role on show, And they might have a scene where they're completely topless for the whole thing, so they've been told that they need to, you know, they've been hired to have that washboard stomach and those six-pack abs. And there's a certain pressure that comes to the performer in, okay, so if I go into the gym, I have to do all the abdominal crunches under the sun. Oh, please. I mean, and that could probably be a podcast in itself about what to do for abs. um, (laughs) And that's another day maybe, but I think... um, that can play a huge part in how they hold tension in their body. And and sometimes they just need education on, on that side of things to help them out. I mean,
0: I think we should expand on this a little bit, actually, because, I mean, I have had friends and have friends who have seriously impeded their performance because they've just crunched and crunched and crunched. And it's this thing of, well, it, it, it makes me look and feel better. because, And if I don't do it, then I won't get abs. Yeah. And I mean... I'm sure you will agree. And as a PT, whenever someone wants a strong core and wants a six pack, which let's let go of that, but I'll, I'll honor it for a moment, is the, you know, compound exercises like your full body weight squats or your deadlifts. That's what's going to get you that strength there. And actually just doing a crunch is working the superficial muscles. Absolutely. And it's not, it's not a functional movement
1: in life. When do you need to sort of crunch yourself into a brawn position um, unless you're playing a pr- prawn yeah. in the show that you're doing but yeah. it's not it's not a functional movement and and you can absolutely work your core yes. work your deeper level abdominals through many many other forms of exercise they're actually a lot more functional
0: yeah I mean the superficial abdominals and generally the abdominals are meant for stabilization right mm-hmm. and I mean you actually referred a client to me who's a bit older and one of the first things that I noticed was just his balance and and that sort of stabilization that wasn't quite there mm-hmm. and just working things like on all fours just lifting one arm I mean that's stabilizing your yeah. core yeah. I mean I'm not telling you all to do that every day but it's just what are those muscles for yeah and I feel as a as a PT and obviously I'm so passionate about anatomy and getting things right for people's movement mm-hmm. is that that I want people to understand what their muscles are doing for them and obviously Something that I've actually, I did an Instagram post about it was um, when we're sitting down, which we both are now, Mm -hmm. our lower backs obviously are in flexion, which Mm -hmm. is kind of meaning Mm -hmm. the curving. And if you're sitting like that a lot, which we do in general, and then you're crunching as well, which is pulling you inwards, Mm -hmm. drawing that body together, I mean, you're going to end up with lower back pain.
1: Totally. There's a lot of muscles that, you know in when you go into the extreme flexed position there's a lot of muscles that attach into the lower back and mm-hmm. if you're only really hammering in on those guys it's just that imbalance that gets generated and yes you know the stress and strain on delicate structures like the lower back it, it definitely can be heightened
0: yeah it's all about balance everyone do everything do it all <laughs> anyway let's move away from that because i could go on and on about that um What we would like to sort of move into now I think is the importance of a physical and mental routine for creatives. Yeah
1: yeah well I think as physios what we definitely see is the the impact of a physical injury or a a physical ailment or problem um, it will have a knock-on effect on on an individual's psyche. If you Mm. think of it this way Day-to-day there's life stresses, you know, have I got to pay my mortgage this week? Have I got to pay the water bill? Yeah. Just general stuff, the tube didn't come on time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you get a pick up an injury or a niggle that's actually going to perhaps limit your ability to go to work in an industry where being injured perhaps comes with a bit of stigma, or mm-hmm. is it gonna come with a reputation that you're an injury-prone person and is that gonna impact future? But you're work? Off a
0: lot, yeah. Yeah,
1: you know, there's reputation involved as well. So mm-hmm. What we see come through the door is, you know, people's physical injury, but also the the psyche that is associated to that. So, you know, the day-to-day stresses plus the fact of being injured and plus the fact that that could be a hindrance to your future career... Mm. It, it, you can't look at the physicality without acknowledging yes. that Yes. Yeah. and I think people and there is a physical reaction to any stresses or anxieties like that people tend to hold their bodies differently mm. if you think about when you're upset or anxious and you're about to cry yeah what's the first thing you feel like a lump in your throat yeah so there is a physical tightening in and around the larynx area yeah so from a vocal s- s- side of things you know if people are feeling that way there's going to be more tension in the area that we want to work on vocally and the body's the same if there's you know stress anxiety you hold yourself differently yeah you don't repair as well there's chemical reactions in the body Mm. and you can't just look at the physical without acknowledging that there is a, a psych response to the injury
0: yeah and I mean another episode that is in this series is about um, emotional issues m- then manifesting into the physical so we won't go into that too much because like I say there's going to be a whole episode about it but a lot of the time I've come for physio or I've gone to the doctor for issues that actually didn't need fixing that where they needed fixing mentally and once I was um, once I kind of it's anxiety for me actually yeah, yeah to be honest anxiety has caused me a lot of problems mm-hmm. um, physically and it's amazing it's it's what it can actually do to you Mm -hmm. and obviously people will spend loads of money on that when they actually might not need to they're treating a symptom rather than the cause yeah 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 yeah. yeah. but I mean how do you know that it's different especially if like for me I get really bad IBS well immediately I was like what have I eaten yeah yeah (laughs) you know we instantly look to that and actually I think especially through yoga for creatives I'm trying to get people to look and get to know their bodies and their minds better mm-hmm. so that you can start to identify, oh, that maybe is coming from there, or, you know, get to know yeah. yourself a bit better. Absolutely, and I think everyone, especially people that do use their
1: bodies for their work in, in a sense that you guys do for, for performance, the more you know about you and your baselines mm. and any areas that could be potential problem zones, either mentally or physically the better you will be at optimising yourself for a long-term career. Yeah.
0: I think we should move into um, something that unfortunately we were going to be able to speak to um, a lady called Dr. Sandra Scott Mm -hmm. that Nikki um, actually told me about. And you've been working with Dr. Sandra Scott on something called the Performers MOT. Correct. So Sandra has started up um, exactly that, the Performers
1: MOT, which um, in a nutshell basically looks at It's a a physical and psych screen where performers can come and have a full kind of 360 MOT type service where any areas of vulnerability or potential injury are highlighted Mm. and plans are put in place to help bring people to that optimized level, whether it's psych, physical or an overlap of the two because they can be quite cyclical and one will feed the other. Um, and bringing people to a level where they can
0: sustain performance load and be the best that they can be. That's fantastic. Um, Yeah, I'm really looking for. I mean, (laughs) Dr. Sandra Scott sounds as if she's a busy lady.
1: Sandra works very, very hard, um, but we feel very lucky so that when clients do come into the clinic and and require that kind of additional support we've got that link to excellent mm. network of clinicians like dr. Scott I'm um, really to reach excited out to.
0: to speak to her actually and um, I'm really hoping that on the next series I can get her on the podcast um, oh a little fly hello there friend <laughs> um, so this Performers MOT, is it actually out now or are you still working on it? Is it something people can get done themselves? People can contact Dr. Scott um, on her uh, Performers MOT uh, contact
1: details. Um, we'll pop them uh, in the notes at the end anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so you can already start reaching out to her and, and booking as and when. Oh, brilliant. Um, that can be done as a in, in lots of different ways. You can sort of do group sessions or... Um, individual, and it's happening now. So Fantastic. you can have your psych screen
0: through Sandra Scott and your physical screen through me and Physio Ed. What a pair. Just needs me involved now, huh? No yeah. I'm joking, haha. <laughs> um, okay, so let's go into hypermobility. Now, mm-hmm. I think this is something that a lot of people will be interested to hear about hypermobility kind of comes with a little bit of stigma around it. I feel like people instantly think that it's a really bad thing if you're hypermobile yeah. naturally. Um, but do you kind of want to speak firstly about what your interpretation of hypermobility is? And then we'll go into it, into how it can hinder a performer and also what you can do if you are someone that is hypermobile.
1: Yeah. So hypermobility is quite a broad term. And I think as well, that can sometimes confuse people because it can they don't fully understand what it means and there's definitely lots of different types and lots and different scales so if you're in more the EDS scale your your entire being your connective tissue is more lax than mm. than other people's and you know th- that at the extreme end i could pull the skin on your arm and it would stretch Wow. pretty far across the room Jeez. so there's some pretty extreme levels and that's just not at a superficial level like the skin but you know the digestive system gets impacted by that the joints the tissues that sounds quite serious it's 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 a pretty big deal and again it's just like knowing what you have and how to manage and, yeah. and putting things in place that help it and then you have just the, your kind of more benign joint hypermobility which is kind of that typical dancer body I guess it Mm. lends itself very well to a physical performing role so a lot of the top athletes that you see on the tv tennis players have underlying hypermobility so Mm. I actually always say to my clients who present with um, mobility in their joints like that that yes it's probably allowed them to do what they do creatively because it gives you that amount of freedom and especially in like a performing sector like you work in You know, some of the lines that you can create with your body when you're dancing, Mm. it all looks spot on, but you have a bit more homework to do. Yes. So, you know, with the mobility, you need stability and you need to be able to support your delicate structures, your joints by keeping strong around that level of flexibility. And I think that's what's important. So I always say, you know, it's not a curse being hypermobile. Don't view it that way, but you do
0: have a bit more homework to do. Oh, I live on this sort of chat. honestly <laughs> the whole thing with like um, mobility and stability is just amazing to me and I when I first started sort of doing a lot of anatomy homework and stuff and learning about certain joints um, and how to protect them I just I love it and it informed my teaching and my own body, yeah, so much, um, and we're not telling you guys as you're listening to you know go off and do a <laughs> an anatomy degree or anything, but if you do get to know your body and you know you know the exercises that will help you be strong and flexible, stable and mobile, then you're going to benefit no end. Something that if you kind of want to hear on a yoga uh, point of view, when I did my level one yin yoga. Um, yin yoga which oh my god I've spoken about this so much anyone who's listened to this series must be like Jess get over yin yoga (laughs) but in the level one we chatted about compression and tension Mm -hmm. so tension obviously being muscular compression being bone Mm -hmm. so bone on bone yeah and when I understood that you know once you got rid of tension in certain areas you would meet bone on bone Mm -hmm. obviously you can't go any further yeah. When, once you meet that's bone that's your end point that's yeah. your end point. Yeah. and once I kind of we we did this whole um lecture mm-hmm. where we were looking at different people's bones yeah and it's incredible the difference in people's bony structures totally and it kind of made me understand oh so people that are hypermobile or that have when we say hypermobile again it, if you're If you put your arm out in front of you, I mean, my arm is pretty straight. And from my elbow, my forearm just goes straight along, I think. It's pretty straight to me. She says it's pretty straight. She's the expert. But for some people, that forearm may slightly go down.
1: Yeah, so what Jess is sort of implying is you can almost extend the elbow past the point of
0: straight. Right, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was just thinking they've not got eyes in here. (laughs) I'm new to this, you know. (laughs) Um, But obviously, if you hang out in that area all the time, Mm -hmm. you're going to run into trouble.
1: Yeah, so you don't want to hang into your joints and your ligaments. You want to be able to get to those points, but also have support from the soft tissues around it to to hold it. Which is why I think, you know, when you're in a, a good yoga class like you would do, you know, when people extending the knee Mm. getting them to pull up in the quads and be active in the muscles around it rather than just getting those people that hyperextend the knees and chill out in the back of the knees and just hang off their ligaments yeah you need some level of activity around that that stretch
0: yeah and the other thing that we learned though was that i mean most people that are hypermobile as such will be hanging in their joints most of the time if they're not aware of their body yeah but actually if you are You know, constantly bending the knees or bending the arm in order to kind of stop that action of hanging in the joint. You kind of, you do need to go to your full range of motion sometimes as well. Yeah. And in yin yoga, like we learned that in the sense of when a bone meets a bone, it's almost like, you know, um, how people say when you're younger, especially, is, you know, running and actions that are impact Mm -hmm. can be good for the bones to regenerate Mm -hmm. into and but actually if if you just put a bone on a bone in a gentle stretch you're actually doing a similar thing Mm -hmm. and and I think that knowing that in yin yoga I would actually advise most people that are hypermobile to kind of avoid doing too much yin I mean like anything don't do too much of one thing but also knowing and learning that you should be going to your end range sometimes and also their level of flexibility that end range
1: for them that looks more than most people's end range is their norm yes so you shouldn't have to avoid using your body how it can be used but just being educated to know that okay my body type can go there in life i might just need a little bit more strength and stability to support it
0: yeah yeah amazing and actually let's move now into hypermobility and singers and Mm -hmm. actors and performers and how that can affect them i mean for dancers Obviously, I mean, oh my gosh! I mean, I've got a niece, and she's amazing. She's, I think, she's seven now, six mm-hmm, or seven, mm-hmm. and she's getting into contortion, okay. isn't she? Yeah. Now, obviously, um, children have that extra stretch because they're young and they can do that. Mm-hmm. But when I'm kind of looking at and going, okay, let's make sure she's doing this strength as well, because yeah, yeah. as kids, you know, that is how when you then become a dancer and you're older that's why we're hypermobile because you've done it from a young age um we're not saying that there's anything hugely wrong with it you just have to like you say be a bit more careful
1: yeah and just have some information available like you said just yeah. kind of knowing that okay whilst you can get into those positions long game
0: you're going to want a bit of strength you're going to want it. Yeah. yeah so dancers kind of let we've touched on that um and But if you are a singer and an actor as well, you were telling me about the hypermobility in the upper body. Well, I think what we tend to see, um, this
1: is purely observational as well at the moment. It's more that, so we can get people that come in with vocal tension, Mm. complaining that their voice isn't behaving as they want it to, um, on stage or with, with rehearsals. And actually when you then assess their body as well as where their larynx is, you notice that there's some postural muscle imbalances and some perhaps underlying joint hypermobility. So you'll get them to raise their arms and you see that actually they can get their arm way higher and further back than most people can. Mm. But the way some people, if they're not aware of their underlying joint mobility Mm. and they haven't been doing the right type of stability exercises... The body is very clever at trying to find ways to stabilise itself. Mm. And it's not always from the right bits or the muscles that we necessarily would want it to be from. But it will find a way to support its bendy joints. The way that links to the voice is, if you've got someone with underlying hypermobility and they've built up some postural muscle imbalances just through compensatory mechanisms to try and support their mobility... You often find you get very tight in the upper trapezius over the top of the shoulders. Yes. And the the issue with that is, if you get those postural changes and those muscular tensions around the posture, there is a direct link to how then the larynx behaves. Yes. Some of the muscles from the larynx attach into the front of the shoulder blade. Mm. Without this being an anatomy lesson, you know if that if that's got tight and those shoulders have got tight in order to try and stabilise the level of mobility that an individual's got those muscles that help regulate the resting position of the larynx can't do their job so well. Mm. So although someone might have a lot of mobility, they can still come in and have muscular tension around the larynx that is built up from the postural muscle imbalances they carry because of their level of mobility. Mm. So you can then free up the larynx and do the vocal work, but a large part of their treatment is addressing the postural muscle imbalances and educating them about what types of exercises and stretches are useful for their underlying hypermobility, which
0: will maintain their posture nice and stable, and therefore their voice. That's fascinating. That's really amazing. I think that actually people are going to really benefit from listening to that. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that's really, really interesting. And finding the balance between strength and flexibility, mobility and stability can be quite difficult, I think, Um, especially if you don't have the knowledge about it. And Especially if you are a performer, I mean, I think that as creatives we all have similar minds, Mm -hmm. and in order to feel okay, I know that I certainly kind of—I don't want to use the word obsessed—but I get focused on something, Mm -hmm. and then I want to do it, and I want to go for it, and it makes me feel amazing. Yeah. And I went through a phase like that with handstands. Yeah. And then found that my gosh, my neck is so tight and and my chest is weak and tight Mm -hmm. and you know I've had to work on all that sort of thing and it actually did impact my voice but with strength and flexibility how would you say that the best way to work around it is I mean when I I teach passive and active stretching Yeah. so passive stretching is like your yin yoga where you just completely let go and release and allow the body to do what it does and to go to your personal limits end End points Yeah. yeah Whereas with um, active stretching, I'm thinking a lot more straight spine or engaging through the opposing muscle. So if you are thinking about your split, for example, your back of your leg, your hamstring, engaging that thigh muscle helps to engage everything and turning and that other muscle down. release. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think. I mean,
1: it's all dependent on what. Your end goal is and Mm. what you're trying to achieve. And I think with stretching, you always have to bear that in mind. You know, like when people ask us, what should I do in a warm up? Should I hold a static stretch or should I be doing more of a dynamic stretch? Think about the purpose of what a warm up is for. If you're doing it pre performance, it's to get your body ready for the activity it's about to face. Yeah. So just maybe standing and holding a hamstring stretch isn't going to be that beneficial, but actually getting some movement and dynamic fluidity with a dynamic stretch is going to be more beneficial but still bearing in mind the speed you're doing that mm-hmm. you know you can still you have to be careful whatever you choose but I think you just keep in mind the end ro- end role and sorry end result and what you're trying to achieve and that's how you sort of choose what stretches
0: and when and and how best yeah. to go about it when I did my first level two personal training before I then did the level three the first thing we learned was dynamic stretching mm-hmm. and just for you guys that are listening just imagine if you're standing up and you swing your right leg forward and then let it go back and swing it forward let it go back that's a dynamic stretch of the hamstring the back of the leg and learning what that meant yeah. and why you did it yeah and actually now because I teach spin a lot I mean it was one of the first things I ever ever taught yeah and seeing people before a spin class do static stretches even though you know it's not um as dynamic as running or something like that it's still it's pretty physical well it's still really yeah. physical yeah. and um I obviously can't go over to them and be like um you should be doing this but <laughs> but like it's interesting isn't it that yeah you, that people don't know people these don't things know. people don't know and I still to this day as a personal trainer will start with dynamic stretching Yeah, I mean, depending what we're doing, but most of the time... Yeah, get the body ready for the activity that you're going to put them through. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that we should go into our voicemail. So we've got a little voicemail sent by hannah stratton okay. now hannah was in school of rock with me yeah she started doing yoga with me quite soon into the contract we were in it two, for two years together mm-hmm. and hannah has been through kind of ups and downs with her body and she has spent a lot of time here in this clinic Thank you, Hannah. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah let's hear from hannah and see if we can kind of learn anything from her experiences Hello
3: Jess and Nikki, it's Hannah. I'm absolutely thrilled to be part of this episode and I'm just gonna crack straight on. Um so I've always been interested in fitness, but I was drawn specifically to yoga about two years ago when I started School of Rock and met Jess. And I, of course, had a plethora of excuses, the classic excuses, I'd love to do yoga, but I'm not flexible, I'm injured, I'm nearly 30, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Of course, Jess quickly dispelled those myths, Mm. um, and I'm ever so glad she did. Um, Having an injury, I think, was a blessing in disguise, simply because I had to learn the hard lesson of being kind to myself and being patient with my body. I was referred to PhysioEd a few times throughout my contract, which was just so valuable because I learned a lot about my body, I learned where the problems were coming from, I got exercises to help prevent the back spasms that I was having, Um, and I I learned, you know, what was aggravating the problem, and I was able to work on that uh, alongside Jess um and it was wonderful because i'd come i'd come back to jess and of course she's extremely well informed you know with with all the physical side of fitness um, but she's also very in tune with her mind and taught me to be so also and i think that was extremely yeah, yeah. important because i learned that i had little triggers like stress or putting too much pressure on myself which in this industry we do a lot without even realizing um even simple things like going to auditions you know, I realize I'm not breathing. I'm mm-hmm. not even, I'm not breathing at all. I'm, my shoulders are up around my ears. I'm causing tension and I'm wondering why the next day I feel ill or angry or tight. Mm-hmm. So I would say that if you are debating getting into yoga or fitness in general, there there is no debate. There are so many easy ways to get into it gentle ways if you don't want to to go the, the whole hog you can do jess's beginner videos you can drop into her classes and <laughs> um, treat yourself to a session at physio ed get to know your body alongside getting to know your mind of course uh, because it will definitely be worth it it has certainly been worth it for me and i think it's safe to say that i am proof that it helps i mean Three years ago, I was signed off a show for a week and a half and I ended up on diazepam for a spasm that I had no idea where it was coming from or what to do and it stressed me out and I was overly cautious for a year and now I'm throwing myself into handstands gently and carefully, of course. (laughs) But I I know my body and I know my mind and I feel happy and secure and it helps me to focus um, and also to chill which is so important because we put a lot of emphasis on focus, drive, passion, but we need to relax and take care of ourselves as well. Anyway, I will stop nattering on now. I am really looking forward to hearing this episode because I have massive respect for both of you um, and I'm sending you lots of love.
0: Great. I didn't pair to say any of that. Did on the sly. (laughs)
3: Um, No, I think she
1: raises quite a lot of really good points there, um, and ties a lot of things together quite nicely. That is something that we hear a lot in clinic. That actually people do feel benefit from almost having had an injury, so that they can then learn about their body and know how to take that forward. So if ever any similar sort of situations arise, they're a bit more equipped to know how to deal with it yeah. or to prevent that happening at all because there's a, more, um, there's a better level of understanding about their own body and how they're using it. And she touched on, like, we have, you know, the kind of uh, link to the psych and the physical reactions in the body. The other thing that she mentioned that I do think is really important, particularly in the, the performance sector, is that element of rest, and downtime and chill because essentially our bodies repair and recover mainly while we're asleep Mm -hmm. so if that is compromised or that downtime isn't happening you're not getting into that that level of um, relaxation and sleep you know your your main kind of repair functions in the body aren't happening as well Mm. and that's going to hinder or prevent an injury from getting better yeah. as well as you want it to mm. and then if that slows down you get more stressed about it and it's just you know it feeds this cycle of and rest of it isn't
0: something that we're used to as performers no. and creatives because actually and this again is all these episodes link so much because in a lot of episodes we mentioned about the rest and digest system and mm-hmm. how actually we're not used to that because we need to earn money mm. and we're self-employed and when when's resting, the next job? you're not job? doing that yeah 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 and also we're kind of told that if we're not creating our own work all the time or if we're not being proactive mm-hmm. that we're actually failing and I have been through that I mean that's how I started going to therapy yep. because I could not switch off yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mentally or physically I just couldn't and I felt... and you're
1: no good to the job like that no though. so no you know it's 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 kind of a catch-22 because you think oh I have to be doing all these things I have to be seen to be doing these things but actually if it's not helping you with your psych or your physical mm. um well-being you're actually not going to be any good if you then get the jobs anyway because you're going to no. break down. There's an end point to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I just want to say another huge thank you to Hannah there for that message. It was really, really helpful. And it was amazing to watch her her transformation. I mean, of course, she spent a lot of time with me. We did spend a lot of time together, both in the gym, on stage doing yoga, mm-hmm. talking. We had a lot in common in, in that sense. And it was nice to have someone like that to do all those things with. And But it was amazing to kind of, look back on where she started mentally as well Mm -hmm. and what the yoga did for her but also like you say what the injury did and I mean I learned so much from my hip injury that Mm -hmm. I had and actually performers and creative people they want to know their bodies they want to understand I mean some people kind of are like okay just fix it and move on yeah but I mean I have a client actually a Skype client at the minute and it's kind of a shame because I'm not there in the room with her but We've, she just wants to know everything I mean yeah. I was holding up do you have the team atlas
1: yeah yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> just for everyone um it's the biggest like anatomy boot you could imagine it's so heavy and I was holding it up to her on the screen and she was like
3: oh yeah
1: I see where the, that is and it's helpful yeah it's helpful to know your body and sometimes we get clients that come in and they'll ask loads of questions and then they'll apologize for it and then like, oh sorry you know so many questions and I'm like. It's your body. Of course, you want to know about this. I don't mind. Ask.
0: Like, yeah.
1: it's it, knowledge is power.
0: <laughs> and I also think it probably makes your job easier because you know you can kind of they will work harder as well on fixing the problem. They get it. They get it more. Get it. Yeah. 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 Um, can you just sort of tell me a few success stories from um, physioed in you know in general? I mean, just a few of how people have been impacted from your treatment. I think the main thing that we we do very
1: well in clinic is we all treat in a way where we try and um, optimize and accelerate recovery rate where as long as it's safe. So, i.e., we will keep you trying to perform and fulfill your work duties as long as it's safe. Mm. Sometimes there are injuries where we do have to hold you off and there's an element of rest and we have to rehab you through a rest period and then back on stage. Um, but I think overall, you know, we, we work very well, which is why I said anyone can benefit from coming to this clinic because of the way we treat and it gets people back up on their feet as quickly but as safely as possible yeah um and that can be for your voice or for your body and i think the the most satisfying kind of i guess success story that you can link to the clinic is is that of the vocal stuff when people come in completely distraught thinking their careers are over oh because gosh, they've been they've lost all their top notes they've got no range they think they're never going to get employed again because they've just not got the voice that they used to have and then actually when you dissect that assess them And give them the information that actually this is purely muscular restriction, there is stuff we can do to help this, and even in one session of a vocal physiotherapy session, as long as it's purely muscular, you can make an impact in one session, so you will hear a difference in that person's voice Mm. pre-treatment versus post-treatment. And that is sometimes just really rewarding in itself. Just seeing that person then get a few more notes after you've treated them. There's a bit more resonance, a bit more clarity in their voice, yeah. and that relief that washes over them, thinking, "Oh my god, this can be better." Then, yeah, is is amazing, and it's nice to be a part of that. And then giving them the tools to sustain. Yeah, that that's what I was
0: going to say. It's great because but, yeah. you've
1: created an environment where things can be better but then you've got to equip them with the knowledge and um, the
0: the power to sustain it themselves. Yeah, you're so good at that in, in giving people exercises, tools, tips to take away with them um, rather than making people feel as if, oh my God, I have to come back 10 more times. I'll or, see you
1: once a month for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. And actually someone did once say to me um, on the show, because I was getting a bit stressed about having to go to physio about my jaw and the tension that I was sometimes getting when I was getting stressed. And they just said to me, they were like, well, think about it you know if you whatever you do once a month as your um, maintenance for your body whether it be a yoga class or whether it be i do yoga a lot more than once a month but um do you know what i mean and they said think of it it as that it's Mm -hmm. maintenance for your body if you do go once a month then do that yeah look after yourself yeah
1: and and the physio again on top of that maintenance session but we'll give you the things. I mean, you're obviously you're very proactive anyway. You know, you do, you know your body. You do your mobility and your stability exercises. Um, but if you are getting to a point where things do keep rebuilding up and reoccurring, you know, our staff will give you tools to strip that back as to why it's building up. So, is it some postural imbalances? Mm. Is it a lack of stability? Is it a lack of mobility? Is it a bit of both? And then work on that. So, if you think of your injury in the middle of the page, there'll be a lots of things feeding into that as to why it's got to that point. And we can strip those back and give you the tools to to look after it.
0: Yeah. So I think we should start to wrap up. Um, So the one thing that I would like to ask you as a question for our listeners is, what would you say to someone who knows that they're injured? And I've kind of come across this in the past where they know they're injured or they know they're in need of strengthening or stretching or massage. But maybe they're putting it off because they don't really want to either admit it mm-hmm. or they have financial worries yeah, regarding it. Yeah,
1: I think you have to get it assessed. If this is your career choice, mm. it requires you to use your body in a very specific way um, and in lots of different ways. And you have to optimize your tool. So although it might look like an initial outgoing short term to go and spend and have a physio assessment or a treatment the long game is the sooner you get on top of whatever that problem is the better you're going to be and you may be reducing time off that you have to have as yeah. rest mm. um, which is going to cost you if you can't work so I think you've got to sort of weigh up that initial outgoing as a short term hit yeah. but actually you're probably going to be saving long term because you're investing in in you mm. and and hopefully there won't be further costs incurred because you catch it early
0: yeah No, that's brilliant advice. Thank you so much. And I kind of want to put out there as well that not that long ago, I did um, something called the five minute fix, which I did it for free for a while where people could get in contact with me and, and say, look, I'm having these physical or mental issues. Um, Have you got any yoga or training things that might be able to help? And if I could do it within, you know, the five minutes, then Mm -hmm. I would send them a little video. Mm -hmm. And then I would say, you know, if there was anything else, I would refer them to the relevant professional, if I couldn't deal yeah. with it, but you know that that is still running, and I think that. Um there are people out there who want to try and help you and and talk to people first and then if you need to go to someone Mm -hmm. do it because it is worth it um I know that for myself and for professionals
1: as well if it is if it does come down to like a funding thing as well there are amazing organizations out out there that we work very closely with in clinic so you know get to know things like BAPAM BAPAM, help musicians Mm. um We offer equity discount here. We offer student discount. So there are ways to help um, fund you to do something that is as physical as it is with your body and if you're coming into into trouble there there definitely wants to look up and know and have
0: in your little black book of because yes. they're amazing i'll put that in the notes of the podcast as well guys and um, so thank you so much for coming on the me. podcast it's been a really lovely one i've enjoyed it so much because i love this shit <laughs> um so your social media links Tell them where they can find you and what you guys are up to, if you've got any workshops coming up or anything like that.
1: Sure. We have, um, we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we're at physioedmedical. We have a couple of things coming up. We have a workshop coming up in November, which is on, it's actually linked in our bio on Instagram at the moment with Jamie Borg of Nine Hypnotherapy. Yes. And it's targeted at singers um for kind of self-hypnosis and mindfulness techniques to optimize your performance within the singing capacity mm. so i think he's sort of looking at any people with performance anxiety or any issues um but he's a clinical hypnotherapist um used to working with performers yeah and he's definitely
0: one to look up guys i'll put his details in the so, yeah, notes as well his um
1: the link to his course is in our bio on instagram so check that out and um, any other kind of future workshops, events or things that we have going on will always get posted on there. Brilliant. And the one to mainly look out for is the launch of our new clinic on Wimpole Street.
0: <gasps> yes, of course. On the 4th of November. Excellent. Well, by the time this goes out, it will be open. Yeah, so we've got uh, Belsize Branch, which is, won't be
1: as new now, which has been open two years. And then Harley Street is shit to wimple which is
0: really exciting how brilliant so it'll be shiny and new fantastic well thank you so much nikki i'm gonna um go into the mmm now which is our mindful music section so today guys i've got a wonderful track for you that i have chosen it is caroline k and it's called always you which is from her latest release tricks and it's on all music streaming platforms give it a listen try and absorb what we kind of spoke about today because I think this episode was quite intense, wonderful but I think that it's a lot to digest so as you're listening to Always You by Caroline Kay, enjoy it let it digest thank you so much Nikki Thanks.
2: if I'm offered the world for the taking, if I'm shown the most beautiful view, if all that could be mine without you by my side, I would always choose you. If my winters could always be warmer, Could master the weather dreams could come find me tomorrow all the dreams